you're tuning in to Flawed and Fabulous. I'm Ash and I like to think we're all flawed, but we're also fucking fabulous. In today's episode, Brooke Bowyer, one of my besties, joins us to discuss her recent journey for solo IVF. Brooke has gone through the highs and the lows and is now showing up to share her journey through her raw and vulnerable, honest self. Now let's get started with today's episode and welcome Brooke Boyer with to the Flawed and Fabulous podcast. Chucky, welcome to the Flawed and Fabulous podcast, baby. Thank you. I am very <laughs> excited to have you here today sharing what is a unique story, but also becoming increasingly more popular. Before we get into your story, can you please give us a little bit of a background about who you are, what you do, and how we know each other? <laughs> um, I've been awake since 3 a.m. because I was so nervous for this, and I don't know why. <laughs> we chat all the time. You shouldn't be nervous to have a chitty chat with me. I know. Um, so I'm Brooke. I'm 37. I live on the Gold Coast. Um, I would like to think, and I, well, I do, I know, I have a very lovely life. Um, I work super, super hard, um, but I also have um, a good work-life balance. Um, and yeah, I yeah, I love my life really. Amazing. And what do you do for a crust, Brooke? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds real Aussie dull. Um, I am a development and licensing manager for uh, childcare centres. Um, so I, well, what, what, what don't I do in my role? Um, so we have a group of centres, um, childcare centres Australia-wide. So I'm involved in everything from the minute that a set of plans comes through. I review those plans. Um, I liaise with architects, builders, project managers, I pretty much just work with men at the moment, like a whole lot of men. Um, and then we get the centres opening, operating, and then I hand it over to a operations manager who then oversees the, the services. And have you always been in the childcare industry? Yes, I've been in childcare since I was, what was I, 19, I think I was. I think I left school and did a pharmacy course. But then I realised I didn't think I was going to be smart enough at that. Um, and so someone said, do you, would you like to come and work? I don't know how it started. But anyway, and, and I loved it and I couldn't imagine doing it. I don't think I'd be able to do anything else. Um, and I always sort of jokingly say to the boys, the boys being my bosses, um, if I don't succeed in this role or if I don't like it, I can always, I would happily... 100% go back to working in a room with children. So I easily could do that as well. So, yeah. So would you say that you have always been drawn to slash have a passion for children and mothering? Yes, I think so. Yes, very much so. Um, and I think, you know, that's sort of why, well, I think for me what what's sort of the missing piece of the puzzle of my life um, has been, I guess, um, not not having the partner and going, well, how am I going to do, how am I going to become a mother? Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, and I mean, it's been a sort of on and off journey. Um, I'm like, you know, was actually taking some notes and having a right old giggle as to like the first time we went to one of those seminars. Um, 
but yes, I'd say yes. I've always been drawn to that sort of. I, I just I love children. Yeah, I really do. I love mine. Well, I look. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they love a sleepover at Arnie Chookies. And what about us? How how um how long have we known each other? Test, test um, I was actually giggling about this too. I feel like, and I was taking like some little notes in my head at like 3 a.m. I was like, I feel like we were, I feel like it was in the, in the 2000s and it was like we're on the same, we're in the same sort of social scene or you want to call it social circuit, like Fishos, Embassy, Ruby Tramp. And I think we sort of just formed a friendship through that. But I think when we became really, really good friends was, I mean, the unfortunate situation when Horn passed away and I think, um, I think I just sent you a text. Well, obviously, we were really close friends, but I think I sent you a text and I was like, hey, I just sit at home on my own every night, so let me know if you want a hand with the boys or I can just come over and just sit there in silence. Um, and I think that's sort of where we sort of even became closer and I think we would just drink red wine maybe and eat chocolate or not even talk. I can't even remember, but I feel like that's... <laughs> it's hard to remember the drinking of the lots of the red wine, but I can definitely say that it happened. <laughs> So, At one yeah, point, I think I, we're even going to live together. <laughs> why, don't, yeah. why don't we just live together? This will work for us. <laughs> I still think I'm moving into the moving into the shed with the with the meat. So the office still on. <laughs> the office still there. Um, one week off. One week off. Oh, it would be a dream. Uh, before we get into the rest of your story, um, we have done our pre-shuffle. You're no stranger to the angel cards. When was the last yeah. time we did an angel card for you? We did them in um, Fiji. Oh, I think one morning we were cards. I take them everywhere. <laughs> I remember you came out because I, I like I hadn't done them before, and I remember I was we were swimming in that beautiful crystal water, and there was no one there, and you come out with the angel cards, and you're like, "Do you want to go?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And so I actually remember the cards. So we very interested. Well, I think you did two. Maybe you did more than one. I can't remember, but I know for a fact which one it was. Well, I think I remember anyway. Okay, well. So, <laughs> Let's see what the angels are delivering to you today. Okay. Oh, this is this is different. This is different. Okay. I'm, ho- I'm hoping that my energy hasn't come through the cards. So, um, <laughs> entrepreneur. Self-employment suits your disposition and intentions. Working for yourself allows you to better follow your intuition and divine guidance. We are your co-workers and teammates who remain loyally by your side to ensure your success all the way. And then let me get A, B, C, D, E, F, F. This card comes to you because you're well suited to self-employment. You have the ideas, the drive and the self-discipline required for entrepreneurial work. Yet self-doubts make you hesitate. The angels reassure you that you have what it takes to succeed as an entrepreneur. They will guide you and support you along the way. And as long as you follow through this action, your success is assured. Additional meanings for this card. Your ideas for business are sound. Ease out of your present job by moonlighting with your desired business idea. Take action as you're guided with respect to your career. Fully commit to succeed in your new business. Look, I don't think the boys would be listening to this podcast, but I'm pretty sure they would not be appreciative <laughs> of that. But, 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 but in saying that, in saying, <laughs> no, no, but like in saying that, I, I have a lot of um, 
I have a lot of trust. The boys have a lot of trust in me. So I think a lot of decisions that are made in our business are made. I, I make a lot of the decisions for what, what, what I think is best for our company. I mean, it's not really what the angel card is saying, but, but I, I, under, I, I get it. Like I've got business ideas and that, but I'll be kicked staying employed, not branching out on my own. <laughs> no, well, I don't think I've got that drive. I'm going to be a single mum by choice, branching out on my own. No, and I, def- I'll, I'll- I definitely think that what you said then is super aligned in the fact that the boys, the boys, we're calling them the boys, you're, the men, the men, um, yeah. the men um, definitely trust you wholeheartedly <laughs> with their with their business and I without hesitation say that they would not be um, doing what they're doing without your creative genius for what you do. So maybe yeah. it just means you need a pay rise and we'll um, send them this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I actually sent um, one of them a text the other day. I, something good happened the other day and, and then he wrote back, fantastic. And then I wrote, gave myself a pat on the back. He's like, hmm, did you? <laughs> That's good. If we're, if we're not appreciated, you've got to appreciate yourself. And before right. we get into the crunch of why we're here and talking about solo IVF and what that process yeah. has been like, let's go back in time as to how you've gotten here and let's talk about past relationships. Um, we've spoken about your career a little bit, but you can go into more detail with that. It has yeah. been um, one of the driving forces of your life you love your career um yeah. but we haven't really touched on relationships yeah. so give us your take on the two so i i've only really ever had one well i have i've only had one serious relationship and that was for about 18 months it felt like it was about five years um and i think when i met him um, it was like, it was just meant to be at first. It like, he ticked all the boxes. Like I remember everyone met him and I'm like, oh, this is just must, this is just what it's been. Like I've always been single, like I've traveled, I, I've done everything. So now he just popped up and it was like, oh, this, this must be my time. Um, and he was just swept me off my feet and was just so like, it was like, he was just too good to be true. Um, you know, that old saying, but then you know, and he packed up his life, he moved, he left his job, he moved here to the Gold Coast, we bought King. So all of this stuff happened like really, really fast. And I was like, well, is this what, is this what happened? So I just kind of rolled with it. Um, and that was like probably four months in and then four months in, I mean, I chose to probably turn to turn a blind eye to it. Um, but he was a really awful person. Um, and probably six months into it, his his sister actually kind of, warned me about his past but again I was like you know everyone's got a past and I think he's changed and blah 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 blah. but he he definitely hadn't um he he was a very big serial cheater and I mean all the things that sort of came out in there I can laugh about it now and even throughout the time I was I was okay and then I think you know and then I always joke about how skinny I got and it's like I see photos and I'm like mentally I'm well but when you're in that when you're in that you don't you don't know that that's what you're in um but I, I think he's probably maybe I don't know maybe he's changed I think he's married he's got more children but um and I, I hope he's well um and then I think after that I wouldn't say that it, it turned me off dating or relationships I kind of just was like I don't need well, I kind of guess it did turn me off for a little while, um, but I kind of was like, I don't need a man, I don't think. 
Um, and it wasn't wasn't just the serial cheating. There was a long time of backwards and forwards working out more distrust, more lies. For context, who is king and how old is king? Yeah. No, who is king? Yeah. No, who is king? (laughs) Who is king? King King is a dog, but I think he's a human, a little bit of a human. Um, So he's an Aussie bulldog and um, I have to lock him outside for this and I can see him like staring at me like he's never never been outside in his life, like stayed outside. Um, But he, yeah, like Tom Tom brought us King when we first got together, um, you know, and he stole him and then there was like, you know, another girl that lived on the Gold Coast who we actually became friends and I moved in with her and it was just this big, like, it was just crazy. Um, you know, and I, I, I fought with my family. I fought with my friends. Um, but, you know, everyone sort of, I, I, and I know everyone was sort of in the background chitter chattering away about it, but, you know, it was sort of one of those things that, well, if she's going to make that decision and she's going to stay with him, then that's her choice. Like you can't change your friend's mind as, you know, as much as you want to just like probably grab them and bang their head against a wall kind of thing. Um, but yeah, like I, I came out of that and it was sort of like, okay, well, I, I still have always had, I was a centre manager at the time and um, I was presented with a um, a role back with an old company, like an old owner. And I was like, yes, I want this. And that's sort of how then I fell into this position that I'm in now. And I remember thinking, because when I was with him, um, I, I actually felt, did fall pregnant. He thought it was the greatest thing and I was ready for a baby and so was he and um, he already had two children. And um, then we decided that we were too early in a relationship to keep that child. So, so so we did have a termination. And I remember after the whole thing ended, I sort of was like, okay, well, I, like, I thought that was my, that was my time and, and then it wasn't, obviously. And I, gosh, I'm so grateful because what a toxic, you know, life that little one would have been bought into um so yeah so I remember I focused really really hard on this position at this center at the time and um I think it was it must have been 2018 or end of 2017 beginning of 2018 I went to an appointment or you came with me and um and then I didn't particularly he was a male doctor I didn't particularly like I, I didn't feel a connection with him um, and I was going to go on this journey on, on my own. And so I remember we went to this, um, it was, we went to had cocktails beforehand. And then we went we did. to this, I, I thought, I swear to God, the, the invite said for anyone that will be going down the path of like think, being a single mum with a donor, I swear to God, that was like a singles night, like females. I swear to God, that's what it said. I remember we had a few cocktails with a late which rocked up and we were had to sit in the back and we had to sneak in and it was just full of couples. And I remember looking at each other and I think, I don't think we stayed. I think we snuck out. I can't quite remember. No, we did stay. We did stay. It was very, okay. We didn't stay for the mingling afterwards. We were like, no, we no, no, no. Because then we were kind of giggling going, oh, that's fine. Everyone just thinks we're a same-sex couple and like Horner not long passed away. And it was like, oh, what's everyone going to be saying? It was quite hilarious. Um, but I remember then for me, I think it was like, okay, that started, that started the the process. Um, and then I, then I was like, no, I'm going to really, really focus on work. And at this time, one of, um, one of the boys, um, had sort of said, you know, next 
career, that your next step for you will be to leave the centre manager's role and come into operations. You know, we've only, we've, we've got centres being built. So I sort of had that in the back of my mind, knowing I've got to work super hard um, and prove to them that I think that I can do this, this role. And so I think it was, it must have been like, yeah, well, I started, because I, I travelled literally for all of 2019. Like, I actually looked at my Virgin app the other day, and I think all of 20, end of 2018, 2019, and before COVID, I think I did like 65 interstate flights or something ridiculous. So I, I was travelling a lot. Um, and I think in the back of my mind, I was setting myself up to be um, able to have that flexibility also knowing in my head, okay, if I do this journey on my own, I... I don't want to have to be going to an office. I don't want to have to be on, on I have to be at nine o'clock or 8.30. Um, and then a couple of the ladies in the office um, had had their babies at um, at Grace Private and they said, oh, you should you should reach out to, you know, this obstetrician and, and, and this doctor. And, and so I did. And then that's how, um, yeah, that's how the journey sort of started. So I think it was... Was it mid yeah mid last year was when it really sort of took off that I was like right I'm I'm going to do this, um, and it was yeah it, it, yeah so that's so basically um that. given I know the time frames too from when Horn yeah. passed away and where I was living and you picked me up yeah. so I could going on yeah. a date that night to our <laughs> IVF and um, so it was about. It, it was four years four years ago in a couple of months that this process basically yeah. started for you. At the time or now, did you feel a pressure to have to act now because of your fertility clock? Then I didn't because I went and had a blood test then um, and my AMH levels were, were fine. Like they were great. So that I felt like there wasn't an urgency. Um, but when I went now, like, well, last year, um, I went for that blood test and, and – she was so beautiful. I, I loved, I love her, um, the doctor, because she's just so, she just tells it how it is and there's no sugarcoating certain things. And she's like, if you're in a position to act now, we need to act now because my levels, my AMH levels were on the lower of the lower. So my follicles, I, there's not many follicles, not, not many googie eggs in there. Um, so, and I, I really appreciate that. So that was sort of then like, I, I have to act, like I have to do it now. Um, but when I say now, now's just not like your next period you start. There's such a process in between all of that that I was not prepared for. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. And since you brought it up, obviously today we are going to be discussing what that process is and yeah. how possibly um, naive – my favourite word, gen pop, can be yeah. when they're not in something to yeah. realise how much um, logistics, emotion, time, yeah. money, energy, fuck bucks, huh? all go in to this yeah. process. And the process isn't guaranteed. But before we touch on that, I just had one more question that do you feel that possibly four and a bit years ago when you did initiate this process that there was something – possibly holding you back, whether it was time, possibly meeting someone, your career, you have been thinking about it for a long time, but you did delay it. Did you mm. hope to have found a partner between four years ago and last year? 
absolutely. Even like last, even even I think I think I just I literally signed on the dotted line and transferred my first lot of um, million dollars. Um, my first, my first lot of, small my first exaggeration, lot. but not a great exaggeration. Just a small exaggeration. So, um, I transferred it, and and then I and then I remember um, I um, I went on a date with a guy, and I was like, "Oh no, I just transferred all this money. Like, what if he's the one? Like, he's so nice." and Blah, blah, blah. So, of course, always in the back of my mind. But I also think, too, that that's not really healthy to think, oh, I'm going on a date with a guy. I wonder if he can be my baby daddy. <laughs> like, but, yeah. There is a sense of urgency with a fertility clock yeah. age. Um, you know, your, you knew that your egg count was lower. Yeah. That um, when yeah. you are spending time with someone and this is at the forefront of your brain of something that you want, of course, you're going to yeah. assess them. Like, you're going to yeah. be like, first date, can we talk about babies? <laughs> I just need to know. Well, by the way, um, I've, got, I've, got a ticking, I've got a ticking biological clock here. <laughs> How soon do you think we can try for a baby? <laughs> you're going to be like, boom. Yeah, it's a quick story so, yeah. and, and I, You're like, I'm just going to the toilet. I'll be right back, I promise. <laughs> I, I definitely think that was also a really big factor for me, making up my mind that, you know what, I'm not just going to, sit here and hope and then you know it's 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 that you, you you know you date someone for six 12 months and then you may not fall pregnant it may not work out then you've got the heartache and all of that and I'm like oh I'm too strong for this like I well you knew what you wanted and, then, and it was yeah and, and, and being your friend slash support person and also advocate for what you're doing I've had your back the whole time yeah. and I yeah. knew that you were able to do it even with the highs and lows that come with it but that is the shit thing that ultimately if you don't do it on your own, you're reliant on a man or someone yeah. support, like helping you do it. It is not yeah. something that you can do on your own. We can, sorry, That's but right. you still need, yeah. you still need the spermies. You still need, <laughs> you still need the spermies yeah. from somewhere. Yeah. I, I, some of our guy friends, I saw at a party on the weekend and one of the, one of our friends, um, husband is like, Oh, congratulations. But I was really hoping I was going to be able to help you with that. And it's like, you know, it's an ongoing joke in our circle of friends. Like even I think, you know, Eden of Eden and a couple of other friends, like he will help you out. And I'm like, oh, wouldn't that be really like, <laughs> be like very barbecue. It's your dad, but it's not your dad. And um, this is getting weird for everyone. So <laughs> I think you've definitely so, made the right choice. But, but yeah. now it's time to talk about the process. So you've decided yeah. that, yes, Solo IVF is for you. You want to be a mum. What is mm-hmm. the process? You you mentioned Grace Private um, yeah. and that we went to the seminar, but after that you've had a waiting game and now you've signed the dotted line, you've transferred the money. I yeah. think you didn't really realise what was coming, but you were committed to the end result. Tell us about the process. Yeah. So... <clears throat> From the minute when I guess when I went in to have my first initial appointment, I had my blood test and then I went back to get those results. Um, I, I, the process was, because so there's, there's two parts. There's um, the fertility clinic um, where they, where they um, make the baby, I guess. And then there's, I'm going to then there's Grace, who's like my Grace Private, where my obstetrician and my doctor is. So they sort of, they, they connect. Um, Grace Private is absolutely amazing. Um, the fertility clinic, you know, I guess there's there's highs and lows of everyone's journey with that. Um, and that's probably been my biggest challenge and I guess the hurdle that I've, it's sort of been the hardest hurdle. Um, <clears throat> and so you, 
you don't get you don't get given like a how to guide or what's going to happen next. Um, and I think that's something I'm so I'm very organized in, in my in my life and in my job. And I expected when I got to um, to Grace that I'd be given a booklet and I'm, I was given all the information I needed, but it was all I had to write it down. And, and that and that was fine because I then remembered, well, I'm not actually going back to them really until I am either pregnant almost. So they're sort of like in the background, whereas at the fertility clinic, um, that's where, and, and look, to be really honest, I didn't have a very good time with them. And, and you know, and they've learnt from, from my journey. I've shared, I think I sent like a four-page email and I did get a call from, from the head of their um, fertility section to apologise on their behalf of their staff turnover, the different nurses I had, the miscommunication in um, ordering my my donor sperm. Um, so, yeah, so the, so the process is a little bit messy So and I, and I hope that for other people by me sharing this and sharing it with the fertility clinic that it didn't happen because doing it on your own, I mean, I, like obviously I've told you and I've told my other friends and that, that of what's happened, but there's the... There's the the phone calls and the emails that I'm not sharing with everybody every few days that I would get. So, um, so that you have to sort of yeah get your levels checked, um, and then they sort of say to you, then you have to have three psychology um, like Zoom teleconference appointments, uh, which they were fine. But they were the, the lady was super lovely, super reassuring, and really supportive. And I really um, I really felt connected with her. She was really nice. And then and then I had to have three um, psychiatrist appointments um, and that really threw me. Like I remember I was at the airport and I was I had my AirPods in and I was trying to talk really quietly and I remember I started feeling like a little bit like my heart started racing and I'm like, am I answering the questions right? Because those psychiatrists ask really tricky questions like do you think you're going to be depressed? Do you think you will know how to reach out for help. And they're all very valid questions, I guess, because they're trying to um, they're trying to work out whether or not you're, you're mentally fit and you, what, what would you do if, you know, your baby, you're, you're at home on your own and your baby's screaming, are you going to ask for help? Or I understand the questions, but I hung up from those because um, they were call not a Zoom. I hung up from those going, oh, my gosh, what if I failed? What if I've not done that right? And... Um, but, I mean, obviously I passed. <laughs> I don't know what the, the non-passing is. And the, and the hard thing is it is a catch-22. What you're saying is correct. Like, yes, they are, you're going through this process, you're investing money. Um, yeah. But anyone can fall pregnant and they don't they don't vet them. <laughs> they don't make sure and, they're and, doing and that the right thing be- and that they're going to have a partner and all the questions. So it's so hard that there is a level of processing that they need to do. But then it's also like putting you through the ringer to get something that some people yeah. can just get at the click of their fingers. Yeah. In a quick wham, bam, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> when I said that, I'm like, it's not really their fingers, is it? Quickly <laughs> <laughs> off track, I was, in, I was in Adelaide the other day and um, I was going through and I was going through a centre and she's like, I said, oh, I'll be on um, maternity leave, like, you know, next year and whatever. And she's like, oh, there must be something in the water. And I'm like, oh, I... There was no joy for me and am I. <laughs> There's been a drought. There's no water at all. <laughs> not a COVID, not a COVID baby. Um, but, yeah, and so I think um, going through those type of um, questions, 
questions and um, that, they were really overwhelming and I, and I wasn't prepared for those, but, but that's okay. Like obviously I passed. Um, and then it's sort of, I can't even remember because there's so many. Oh, and, and then obviously then, then you get the, um, and then you get the spreadsheet at first. You, you get, so there's, um, there is donors in Australia, but they're very, very limited and you don't get photos. You literally get an Excel spreadsheet. And I remember um, the night that it came through, um, uh, I was living in like, um, I was living in Broadbeach at the time and um, my bestie lives three doors down and I rang her and I'm like, can you get two bottles of wine? She's like, it's Tuesday. I'm like, yeah, get them. I've got the spreadsheet. And I remember the spreadsheet, I, I didn't open it. I waited, I opened the spreadsheet and there was five donor choices on there. And, you know, without, without having their pictures, I was like, okay, I'll be able to make out what's, what they look like and it was very minimal information and I was like I remember saying I, I remember saying to Olivia I, I can't choose off this like there's nothing there's nothing on here so I, I emailed back and you know she said oh that's just the first spreadsheet because they're the ones that are here in Australia and I'm like okay well and I always had wanted an Australian donor I don't know I imagine there was a lovely Australian man, man out there man that was giving up his sperm. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. I didn't really want to have to go overseas. Um, and then she said, okay, well, then it gets to the next, um, the, the California cry bank is the American one and that costs X, Y, Z. And by now I'm like, the cost isn't worrying me right now. I just want to choose the right donor. So then you literally get like a login um, and, and it's like a Tinder for babies, I guess, or a hinge for, the, for picking a baby. Like it's so, well, you got, you saw it. It's so weird. It was a good time. And <laughs> I was like, I even felt mean. I was like, oh my God, we are judging these poor people that are trying to, these poor men that are trying to help women have babies or families have babies. And we are just like picking them to shreds. We were like, oh, but it was. Well, what are they wearing? Fun. I'm like, but they're a baby. Like they're, they're <laughs> and I, and I remember, um, a lot of them, 90% of them, it's only baby, toddler, and maybe like a nine-year-old photo. You don't get adult photos. And I remember saying to everyone, oh, that's, I definitely don't want one that's got an adult photo. Like, how weird, how creepy. Like, that's so odd. Um, but as it turns out, the, the, the donor that I've chosen, I, we've actually seen adult photos of him. Um, and I remember this is where a breakdown with the fertility um, place was. And me, I remember I picked this, this donor who... Um, I wasn't really going for looks. Well, we to begin. Would, I, I wasn't going for looks. The so. first donor we was like Sven. He was like looking like oh, Swedish, he, blonde, hand, yeah. gorgeous, like child slash Beautiful. man. <laughs> so we were going for I looks. He, then he was like, I imagine him walking around. Yeah. <laughs> the dream guy. Know, he I looked was. like Ken. He looked like Ken doll, but we're calling him Sven. <laughs> I, I imagine him walking around America and he's just like the hottest thing. Like, he, he yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember oh, our, our like um, his lightness and my darkness. Well, we'll have a beautiful baby. And I remember anyway. So I, I picked him, and it said he was available. So I popped him in my little shopping cart, and um, I paid the money, and then and then he was on his way. And I was like, okay, well that was easy. And then I remember I emailed um, Monash. Oh, not Monash. Yeah, well, I emailed them, and I said, hey, just letting you know, I I picked him, and few days no reply and then I got a reply that says he's he's not available and I'm like what do you mean he's on his way like I've shipped him got the tracking and um got the tracking I've got the tracking device got the tracking baby daddy is on the way he's at LA airport 
Um, and I actually wondered how, I, I still don't know to this day, I still would love to know how they get them here. Does it say like, I don't know, precious cargo, do not take? Like, what does it say? I just want to know. Drink. Anyway, so, do, <laughs> do not yes, handle with care. Um, and so I, I, I remember getting the email and I remember I replied and I said, well, I can't believe you would, you would email me that. that. That's a call to me. And I remember I was sitting outside. It was when we had our little mini lockdown here in Queensland and one of the girls um, that lived in my little unit, I, I was just sitting out the front. I just burst into tears. And thank God she was there at the time. And she was like, it's all right, girl. Like, it's okay. It's not meant to be. And I'm like, you know what? This is part of the, this is part of the journey. You are going, it's like part of the journey of being a parent. You are going to have, you're going to be let down. You're going to have tears. Yeah, you're gonna, there's going to be disappointment. Um, so I think that was a real like, okay, this was my first big, okay, well, I'm not getting what I want. This isn't, hasn't been. Smooth. It wasn't like, going to be like, wham, bam, thank you, I wasn't you, getting spent. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's going I to wasn't be getting a, possibly going to be a process. Along yeah. So, yeah. So then that was sort of like, okay. And I think, um, there was, there, there was, a, there, there was a couple of months gap and I can't think why, I don't know whether or not. My blood, so I, I can't think. There was there was a reason why, because um, uh, Sven on his way over, um, so Sven did arrive. I don't know how, but then he got put back. I, I don't know what happened there. I, I let all that go. Sven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Sven. Thanks for coming. All right, <laughs> Sven, back on the next plane. Uh, he didn't get He's well travelled. Well travelled, um, little Sven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, poor little Sven. Um, anyway, and then, um, yeah, so I think I, like, I think it was like, right, I just need to have a little break from it, not a break, but it was just like, it was just a bit of a waiting pro, pro process. And, um, and then I think, um, you were allowed to then go into the IVF clinic. So I went in there and I wanted to meet somebody. I hadn't met anybody. It was all online. It was all via email. And I'm like, I want to see who these people are that I'm dealing with. I, I want a bit of empathy shown towards me and, and, and the journey. Yeah. And, um, and so I went in there and I didn't really get shown that, but, but it, but it was okay. And I, I remember thinking like, you know, look, you're just going to fuck this up. You've already paid for this. You can't be just chucking a tantrum because you're not getting what you want also. And I guess that, that, that was when I sent my email of, you know, my, my letdown and all of that. Like I, I work with customers all the time as well. And it was just like this, these people that are working behind the desk here need a little more training on how to deal with these oh well you're also being things. pumped full of hormones so i gather that you're yeah. kind of emotional about the situation yeah. as it is it's yeah and even yet. and they said that there was another perfect example they said did i want to do the dna uh, not dna what's the, what's genetic the testing? Test? genetic yes genetic. i've been along the for the ride test. <laughs> <laughs> genetic testing and i was like yeah sure like yeah of course i'll do genetic testing Anyway, and so they, she, the lady sent me the kit, and she goes, "You just spit in, spit in it, and send it back." And I'm like, "Okay, that's easy." It arrives, and it's like twelve pages of information. It's this, it's that, and I was just like, "This is really overwhelming." Like, you know, what? I'm not doing it. So I remember I ripped it up and was like, "I'm not doing the genetic testing," and blah blah blah, blah. and you know, it was already scientific enough, and. No one that's had a baby naturally does the genetic testing. So I, I, I wanted to do it, but I was just too, there was just too much going on. And I was like, you know, what, that's just another thing to add. And then what if the genetics come back that, you know, 
everyone's got something. Everybody in the world has something wrong with them. And this list that they test for, for people that have had it, the fact that like the most, not even one, like point something of something that you will have it. And but I mean, I understand it's for the the well-being and the safety of bringing in a child if you've both got this minute little genetic thing. Anyway, so I then. Yeah, so, so then we did, so then I started round one in, God, May? Yeah, May. How so did, I started, yeah. Look, I think we, I think we, I forgot to ask this earlier. Yeah. How did you announce this to your friends and family that you were wanting to do this on your own and how was it perceived? Um, yeah, I, I, like, good little question. Um, I think I told my nan, my nan, Betty, first, um, and she was like, well, just hurry up and have one before I go. So she's been super supportive from day one. Like she has been amazing. Um, she's probably upset that she's losing her little drinking partner for a little bit, I think. Um, she, she loves a little glass vino. of vino at the Italian restaurant. Yes. Um, and obviously all of my girlfriends were super, super supportive. Um, you know, I told some more than others about the process and, you know, people have got questions and people didn't know whether or not to ask. And I mean, I'm in my day to day life, like I'm so what you see is what you get. I'm, I'm going to let everyone know. I want people to ask. I think it's so, I love when someone asks me like, oh, how does it work? Um, my brothers, oh, they're just, it is what it is. You know, they're, they're two boys. My sister was great. Um, my mum and dad were a little, I don't, I, I don't know the word to use. They weren't for it. Is, is what I mean. They weren't, they weren't supportive of it, but they weren't not supportive of it because they didn't. I didn't really talk to them about it because my mum and dad have been. There's four children. They're high school sweethearts. Been married since they were 19, 20. So this for them, I feel, was so um, different. Yeah, very unconventional, very much so. And um, I felt almost first and, you know, like mum was embarrassed that I was doing this and how would she tell people and all of that. So to be, and I remember, I remember dad, I was in Melbourne and dad rang and he's like, hey, Chalk, like, you know, mum's told me you're doing this and, you know, we will support you. And I guess from their side, it was just more the worry of me um, you know, their daughter doing it on their own. Like, you know, dad's like, you know, it costs a lot of money to raise a child. And, and, and I really did appreciate that because I, I'm sure there are going to be challenging times. I'm not at all being, you know, straight, you know, just straight ahead. It's going to be all easy. Um, and so after that conversation with dad, I was, I, I was always doing it regardless of whether I had their support or not. I was 100%, I'd already uh, said I'd already started. Um, and so mum only, to be really honest, has only really come around probably when I hit the 10 week mark of being pregnant. And how far along are you now? I'm four months now. Yay, 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 yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so- it's an ego. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but it's just an ego. That, that's, we yes. hope that, well, well, 
if it comes out a girl, we're going to be like still an ego. <laughs> yeah, like, and I think for a bit of context, um, the donor that you chose is from Mexico. So naturally, this is our little amigo um, that we are very excited to be bringing we, I say we, <laughs> bringing, ex- yes, bringing we into this we. world. So whether <laughs> little amigo um, is a boy or a girl, definitely going to be one of our little besties. And we are very, yes. very excited. Um, and, and look, and just to get back to touch back on mum, I think mum was just more like, yeah, just that, that worry of like, I don't know, just, just, just as a mum, like, you know, that, that worry of her daughter doing this on her own and, and maybe a little bit of like sadness that, you know, I haven't met somebody, you know, and dad did make a comment and I, I did bite my tongue. I didn't, I, I don't really argue. So I just like, oh, whatever. Dad goes, you know, you know, that's going to make it a lot harder for you to meet someone down, down the, down the line. And I, I wanted to say, but I just didn't. Dad, aren't I better off being a mum on my own than having like, you know, an ex-partner that someone else has to deal with? Like, and no disrespect, we've got plenty of, you know, one of my closest friends has an ex, you know, and yeah, and there's plenty of people that have children with ex-partners and then they've got to deal with that. I won't have that. It'll just be me. Um, so, but they're super excited now. Like they really are, and it it will be. And I know when um, I know when Amigo is here, it will it'll all be just like it. Yeah, it'll be such a distant memory. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I feel like the, obviously you said it. They're your parents. They're concerned for your welfare. They ultimately also would know that they are going to be your support team too. So it is something yeah. that affects them. But at the forefront, they're also thinking of you and balancing finances, career, social life, baby. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a thing. It's a thing even when you have yeah. a partner. So, it, yeah. you know, it does take a village, it definitely, for Amigos yeah, to be raised. So, well, but, Amigo is going to – I was lying about it the other night and I was like, how, that was, I've been watching that parental guidance and I was like, what's that, what, how am I going to – what sort of parent am I going to be with Amigo? And I'm like, you know what, Amigo is going to have to fit in with my life because if I do it the other way around – I will literally have no friends, no social life. I, I would, Amigo's fitting in with me. Yeah, well, <laughs> obviously, Amigo is going to like margaritas. So, Amigo is going to fit in regardless. It's in Amigo's the DNA. Amigo's first birthday, we're going to make <laughs> It's in the DNA. <laughs> um, but back on track to the process. So, yes. you have, um, talk about the injections and everything yes. like that. Yeah, so... So, so once you choose, once you choose who you're going to have, you get like 50 pages of information. So, um, Amigo Senior, the donor, lives in America with the, uh, you know, a Mexican um, background, and you, you literally get all of his family history. Because I thought, and I don't know if anyone, else, I thought they literally got paid like $500, but the the amount they get paid puts them through college. So it's a lot of money. Um, in America. So it's not just like they go into a clinic and do their stuff and then see you later. It's it's a process for them as well. Um, and so the information, like, you know, he's, you know, I hear his voice. I've got a voice recording. I've got like everything you can think of. I mean, you, I know more about him than probably people know about their partner. They've just met sort of thing. Um, so yeah, so then you get, you start, so when you say, right, you wait for your first day of your period, you ring up, you go and you collect your little bag of um, needles and um, medication. And then every day at 6am, um, my first round, I was injecting three three needles into my tummy, um, which that was fine for me because I've got enough fat around my tummy. That was easy. Uh, <laughs> I don't, 
I mean, my sister will probably disagree because she was living here at the time. I, I don't think I was super, I, I didn't have the side effects that you read about. Like I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't get sick. Um, I'm at, maybe I was a little bit more, maybe I was cranky a little bit more. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say I was extreme. Like I didn't have a breakdown or like was emotional or anything like that. So I, I handled it pretty well, I think. Um, and then so I do that, you do that for 10 days. Um, and then on day seven, though, you go in to check how the follicles are growing. And I remember it was a Sunday. Um, I think we had, we had um, Danielle's party. It was a Sunday. I went in, I ch we checked, or the doctor checked, and she's like, oh, there's only like three growing, three three that are ready to sort of take. And I was like, three? I was like, oh. And then I have to, have to keep thinking it only takes one. It just takes one to take out for it to grow and then implant back in. So she's like, we're going to give you another few more days. So that I think it ended up being like 13 days of injections. Um, and then on day, whatever, 14 or whatever it was, I went and had another scan and she's like, you've got, you've got quite a few. You had late bloomers in, in growing. And, and by then I felt bloated and a little swollen and I had a bit of pain. I'm like, you know, that's just everything for your hormones and all of that female stuff that I'd hardly even knew about, um, happening. <laughs> And so then um, you came with me, you dropped me off and went and had a little snooze and um, they got eight, eight eggs um, out the first round, which I was super excited. I was stoked with eight. I was like, great, cool. Um, then you go home, you rest. They ring you on day one to let you know because obviously then the, the sperm is there um, and then they, they don't fertilise it straight away. They see, I guess, in the little petri dishes, who's good and who's not um, and then I think on day one at the end of the day maybe they fertilize the, the eggs um, or the follicles they call it not eggs um, and then day three they rang me to say that I had five and I was like okay that's, that's great five's great um, and then on day five they rang and said you've got three and I'm like okay well whatever that's fine but then then you have a trigger shot, so 36 hours before you're going in. Oh, no, that's, that's, that's not right. That's the other way around. Sorry, forgot that bit. Then you have to, so then she says, okay, come in. Um, I think it was an afternoon. I went in, I did, I went in on my own the first time. I didn't really know what I was to expect, to be really honest. She's like, it's just like a pap smear. And I was like, okay, well, that contraction is not up like a pap smear. It was this big <laughs> thing going into my vagina. And I'm like... And I just kept laughing. I don't know why. Like she just, I just giggle all the time. Nervous and I swear giggles. she's like, yeah, it was very nervous. But I'm like, what is she putting in me? And then she was like, um, then they come out, the scientist comes out in all their gear out of the little room and says, unfortunately, we've only got one. So from eight, it went from eight to one. And that, that's how quickly it can change. So from eight to one, ready to transfer, which I was like, okay, you know what? It just takes one. Um, and so, you know, you look on the screen, if you blink, you miss it and then in it goes and, um, you just have to go on, then you just have to go away and you just have to rest and, um, hope that you don't get your period and, and then you're pregnant. Um, to be really honest, I, the first, the first round, I didn't really, not that I was, I didn't really know what to do beforehand. Like I was still... I was still traveling. I was still working crazy, crazy. Like, you know, I was still going out and, you know, socializing and I didn't really change anything. Like, didn't really change my diet or anything like that. And not to say that's why it didn't work or anything. Um, and then I remember it was the, 
Mother's Day and I remember going, God, my boobs are so sore. I must be pregnant. Oh, my God, I must be pregnant. And my period would normally be due like the day after Mother's Day on the, on the Monday. And I was like, well, I never get sore boobs. Like I don't get any symptoms. I'm, I've always been quite lucky. And then I remember on the Monday, bang, my period was there. And I was like, oh, oh well, I feel like I've been cheated. Like this isn't. And then, you know, I, I ring and they're like, oh, no, it could just be um, that's a good sign. It might be that it's implanting. You know, they try and, you know, talk you up and make you be positive. And then she's like, you know, if it gets heavier, then then let us know. And it didn't really get heavier until like, I don't know, day four, which that would be my normal period anyway. And then I rang and I'm like, I'm definitely not pregnant. So when I had a blood test and I, I wasn't, um, and I wasn't. I wasn't upset at the time, like I had a little cry, but I wasn't upset because I feel like that was just the trial run, an expensive trial run. But I feel like it was like your body was like, whoa, what is this? What's happening? Um, And so I was like, okay. And in my head, I was like, I'm going to give this three goes. That was my, that's all I was going to be able to afford. Um, And then... Yeah, so then I wasn't pregnant and it was just like, okay, well, now what? Um, And I wanted to go back to back. I definitely wanted to go straight away, not wait again. So I went and I spoke to her and I said, you know, do I need to lose weight? What should I do? And she's like, you literally like are a textbook patient. Like you, you're, everything is perfect. And I'm like, well, there's something that's not perfect because I didn't fall pregnant. Um, But, you know, that's just the, the human body, the female body. It was just not it was it just wasn't meant to be um and so then i think i waited one period and then i yeah may then i had my period in june or july or whatever and then i started again in august and um this time around i had another needle so i was having four needles a day and i definitely felt a little more unwell um did you feel for for this round that the first round because it hadn't worked and you said you had a little cry and, yeah. um, you know, you had that, that month breather and you definitely wanted to go again. Were your eyes a little bit more open this time that there's yeah. a possibility that yeah. this could be, well, you said yeah. this is two out of three goes coming up right yeah. here. Um, what, what mentally did you do to look after yourself during this process, yeah. especially the second yeah. time around, knowing that there's a possibility that yeah. it's not going to work? I um, I started acupuncture. Um, I hadn't done that before and I, I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. That's a lovely little 45-minute snooze. Um, so I, I started that. I had sort of – I'd spoken to the boys about doing this, but I, I'm i a workaholic. I, I love work. I hate having things outstanding and my work was just growing and growing. And I remember thinking, you know what, there's just one of me that does my role and if there isn't – if I thought – Something happens to me, there's none of me um, and um, I can't just keep working like this. And so I think, you know, I deleted my emails off my phone, um, which was a huge thing for me. Um, I can still access them, but they weren't like at the forefront of as soon as I wake up, like I was on my emails at six o'clock, on them at 10 o'clock at night. And I think that was just, you know, for me at night time, the downtime, um, I, I didn't probably, I mean, we still had dinners and drinks, but I, in the back of my mind, I was like, I can't have a huge night, if you know what I mean. Like, um, and, and we didn't really have any many social things on for that period, so it was kind of nice. 
Um, and I wasn't able to travel again. So I was lessened the travel again, which was nice. Um, so yeah, and I, and I definitely felt different that second time around. I felt like I was more confident because I, my body knew what was happening. Um, so yeah, so then I, it was exactly the same process. Like day, when I went into that seven day, um, or day, whatever it was, ultrasound, she's like, oh no, they're not ready. And you've still only got a few. And I'm like, that's okay. Last time they were late bloomers. And then when I went in on the, like the day before or whatever, she's like, holy dooly, they're ready. We need to get them out. Um, and I got, I got nine this time. Um, and cut long story short, um, there was three that were ready. So the day that, um, so you and Claire came to my transfer day, um, and there was three that were ready that morning. Um, and then by the time it got to the transfer time, there was two. And I remember thinking if there was three, I was maybe going to say put two in. Um, I don't know why I was thinking I was going to be able to have twins. Like, what the hell? <laughs> God. We kind of no, God. a little bit desperate where you're like, if this is a shot, like, do I just fucking go all in? <laughs> and, like, make yeah. it even well, more she crazy. Was there, you know, there's, there, there's a few obstetricians that are all about that. I'm putting two in, but but my but mine was, I know, just she would prefer just to do one. And then, you know, the decision was made that there was one healthy, one ready to go, and then one that was ready to be frozen. So I've actually got one that's frozen. Um, or one on ice, whatever. Um, not that I think Amigo is getting a brother or sister anytime soon. Never seen um, Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then my period didn't come and I felt different. I just felt I, I was getting, like, pains at night time and I was like, oh, is that, is that it implanting? Like, you know, you start Googling. Like, I literally, my Google thing was just, like everyone, they Google the stupidest things, like, What's that pain in my right boob? What's that pain in my, you know, down there? And, um, yeah, then when my period didn't come, I didn't tell anyone. I think it was like two days late and I thought, oh, I don't want to get excited. Um, and then I promised myself I wasn't going to do the test. I was like, no, nope, I don't need to do it. Like, if I don't get my period, it means I'm pregnant. Like, I don't need the test. And then I was like, who am I kidding? I went to the chemist and I had the three in the bathroom. And I didn't tell Claire, um, I think I did one one day and it was like literally within like six seconds, it was double lines, really, really dark. And I was like, okay, I'll do it again in the morning and then I'll run out and I'll tell Claire. And I think you were on the beach and I rang you and I was like, it's, it's, Amigo no, here. He said, he said to me, go, I've done something very naughty. And I was <laughs> like, what? What could you possibly be doing that's so naughty at this time of the morning? It's like 6am. And I was like, oh, actually, what have you been doing? And then when he held up the stick, I was like on the beach and I'm like, ah! <laughs> That was so early because I was always one of those people. And, you know, and that does take me into sort of like talking. I was, I've always been one of those people like you feel like the pregnancy or as a friend and, you know, you feel like the pregnancy goes forever because you've known since like day one. Um but I think it was important and I, and I, you know, I think it's important that people share it early too because then when, you know, I know people that have lost children or babies at 37 weeks or 28 weeks and, you know, I didn't even realise this. Medicare don't consider a health, a safe pregnancy until 28 weeks. And I'm like, we have women walking around this world that are, are you pregnant? No. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and so I think, you know, if you feel comfortable in sharing it, you should share it when you, when you, when you feel comfortable because the 12-week mark isn't really 
I don't feel like it's been anything. Like No, and it's just it, I think in time it's also people have then started to wait four months or like yeah. made it a little bit longer. But I guess what you said is so true. Like there is no guarantees in life in general and, um, you know, having yeah. these moments where, you, you know, it's not great to live in fear but of being yeah. weary that, you know, it, it it's one of the most natural things in the world, but it's also one of the most hardest to like be pregnant yeah. and deliver a child and to, to not be complacent about what is actually happening yeah. um, and still looking yeah. after yourself throughout the whole pregnancy and listening, you know, to your body and yeah. being aware. Yeah. Do you think that there's yeah, enough I, support yeah. given to women, whether um, given your process mm-hmm. through IVF or even just pregnancy in general, um, is there enough in the system supporting women who are doing this? I don't really know because I don't I mean, I, I'm sure there's forums that you can join. I, I haven't joined any, I don't know, groups or anything like that or forums or anything. I, and I, I don't know. I would I would like to think that there could be more. Um, it's very big in America. Like there's a lot of, I think I giggle about it, there's a hashtag SMBC, single mum by choice. And it's very big in America. Like, it's huge. There's so many women. I, I only know, I personally, I don't, actually, I don't actually personally know her. It's a, um, um, a guy that my dad used to work with. His sister has just done it. I haven't even reached out to her, and I probably should. Um, but I don't know. I hear people tell me, oh, yeah, I know such and such that has done it, and I know such and such. And I think for me, I wonder if they've just done it on their own. I wonder if they have a, if they're like me now, and they think, oh, it'd be nice to talk to someone that's doing this. Um, if, if there was like a, a session that you could go to once you were pregnant or on this journey, I absolutely would go and sit and listen or just have like a round the table discussion. Um, cause it is a different journey. It definitely is. Um, so yeah, they're probably, but uh, it's like any, any area of life, oh, there's always could be more support. Yeah. And you know, forums are great for some people, not great for others. Everyone gets their support from different things. I think, I think yeah. awareness and it not having yeah. any sort of stigma or shame attached to the fact that yeah. you don't have a partner and this is something yeah. that you wanted to do rather than looking at it as like you are wanting to be a mother and loving that little amigo so much mm. that you are prepared to go through this whole process and when I say solo yeah. I don't like saying it because you are so loved and you are no, so supported but ideally in the middle of the night if you know bub's crying yes. you are going to be solo yeah. and that is the yes. realness of the situation and you are still so aware of that and still wanting yeah. 100% yeah. committed to doing that and you know what like there are there are mums out there that are not as committed as that <laughs> that are in relationships so yes. I think it's fucking yeah, that's amazing. Fine. I do have yeah. a question. It's about Amigo in the future and, um, yeah. you know, we're all very excited but there is also this one question that I think regardless of whether you're supportive or not of solo IVF journeys is that it's not an all common for children to be separated from their mothers and their fathers in day-to-day yeah. life. You know, there's divorce yeah. and people move away, mm-hmm. lots of other scenarios. For me, for example, the boys, they lost their father. And yeah. before Eden came along, there was a, a male father figure void in their life yeah. that couldn't yeah. be filled by me. Carter, yeah. you, Cardi loves you to yeah. death. 
um, yeah. Cardi especially has gone through a real struggle with yeah. his identity, understanding yeah. where he comes from and what's daddy like always buzzing around in his mind. And I do my absolute best to comfort him and tell stories about daddy every yeah. single day. How are you preparing yourself for things like this? Say if you do also yeah. have a boy, um, yeah. I think that it would be um, elevated, the intensity of them yeah. wanting to do boy sports, yeah. Father's Day yeah. and all the things. What what have you been, because I know you, you're a planner, you're an organiser like me, and <laughs> you definitely don't dwell on the negatives. And I don't think that this is no. a negative. It's just a very no. real possibility that these are going to be parts of your day-to-day life in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I bought a book. <laughs> <laughs> See, there is oh, support out there. <laughs> it's called Baking a Baby. Oh no, ingredients to bake a baby. And it, I, I actually—I did not know this. I should have got it. I've got it. it I, I've actually bought four copies. So if you'd like one, I wanted to support the charity. I'm done baking, bro. I'm done. Thanks. <laughs> so I, I've got. There's a couple that I know. Um, two guys and, and they're about to have a baby and it's um, about the ingredients needed to, to, to bake a baby. And it's all about um, being on your own. It's all about um, same-sex couples, blah, blah, blah. So I think, and I actually did watch a Netflix, I know it sounds stupid, series on on this. I think it was Netflix or maybe an ABC. And, you know, they, I, I'm just going, I haven't I haven't thought too far into it, but all I all I know is that, he or she will know that, that I wanted this. I wanted them so bad that it came from a place of love. Um, I didn't have a, a male to have them with, um, like physically. So I, I made them on my own. If that sounds a bit you know, on my own, but with a bit of science, a lot of science. Um, but the 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 nice, it, you are right with it, with it being a boy. You are right. There'll be you know might be questions and whatever else. You know playground or do you have a dad and and the answer to that is no that they won't have a dad that's something that I will be very um strong with that there isn't a dad they have no rights it's just a donor um but when this donor um does what he he does to allow me to have this child he signed a some do some don't and he signed a um a form or whatever to say that when when my child is 18 um, or when they're 16, if my child wants to reach out to them, he has signed a form to say that he's available for that for that meet and greet, I guess you could call it. Um, but it, it would just be like a, a meet and greet. And and then uh, then by then it's up to him, the donor, if he wanted to, um, I don't know, have a connection or whatever, but it has to be, I think it's mine, mine be 16. It has to be 18. They have to be 18. Um, yeah, I, I haven't really thought too far into it. So it's, it's there, but it's not there. And it's all part of the um, process. Obviously, yeah. falling pregnant yeah. was at the forefront of your brain. And now yeah. um, you know, yeah. that has happened. There's going to be birthing. Then there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be baby showers, which I'm very excited yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we're not it's finding so out the gender. There's people. no gender reveal, which I'm very no. disappointed about because they weren't no. a thing when I had my kids and I've been dying to throw a fabulous gender reveal party. Um, no, nothing. And I thought of something when you were speaking then. Instead of daddy, we could call um, him Donny. <laughs> Donor. <laughs> like it's Donny. So we could talk about him as Donny. And hey. Do you have a daddy? No, I have Donnie a Donny. Donny. <laughs> 
Johnny Amigo. Um, but it is funny, and I'm coming to terms with telling people that I'm pregnant because a lot of there's, there's actually, obviously because I work with so many men, and not that they know my personal life, but, um, you know, if I talk to some of them and I say, like, oh, I'm single or whatever, but it's quite funny, like, even when I told um, your sister-in-law that I was pregnant and I hadn't thought about it because she, you know, all my friends know, obviously, that I'm single, right? Um, and And... She wouldn't have known whether I was single or, you know, whatever. And when I told her, like, bless her, the look on her face was like, oh. I'm so oh, confused. Congratulations. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> and, and even I, when we were at the party on the weekend, I t- someone else's husband was like, oh, I didn't know you were pregnant. And the look on his face was like, oh, congratulations. You can see people's brains going, and nothing wrong with the one-night stand. Don't get me wrong. I'd already, I had thought about going down that path. We've um, all had them. Know, We've all had them. <laughs> <laughs> Most of us, sorry, shouldn't like lump us all together in the same category. (laughs) So, yeah, so, you know, and I feel like I'm still, still like justifying that, not justifying it, but I like to explain it. Like I'm doing it on my own or I'm, you know, I'm doing with the donor and, you know, then people go, oh, like, and it opens up that question too. So bloody proud of yourself, doll. I am. I'm super proud. Another pat on my back. Another pat (laughs) here for it, here for the pats on the back. And you're doing a freaking amazing job. And you're also bravely jumping on here to share your story, to bring more awareness to it, which is what Flawed and Fabulous is all about. There's probably women listening that are in similar situations thinking about doing this and have um, you know, yeah. gained so much insight to, yes, there are people out there doing it. Obviously, they know that, but to hear a real-life take on it and to now hear that you are yeah. 16 weeks pregnant, in sharing yeah. your story, what do you hope to achieve in that, jumping on here today and sharing? I, um, for, for anyone, go and get your AMH levels checked because there'd be nothing worse than not doing that um, and then getting to a point, even when you, if, you, if you were to start dating someone later in life and then realising, oh, my gosh, I literally have no eggs or they're so bad. And it just caught, you know, that, 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 that awareness about going and making sure that, you know, that you're, everything's still producing down there. Um, and I guess, you know, this isn't, you know, and I wouldn't say go and do it because it's not, definitely not for everybody. Um, I just actually dropped off one of my best friends this morning who um, she was going to get an Uber and I'm like, there is no way you're getting an Uber to this appointment. So she's, um, and one of our other friends um, has done it as well. They've gone and frozen their eggs. And I think that's such a brave thing to go and do as well. Um, You know, they're preparing for their future in case they don't meet somebody. Um, So... Yeah, I guess we just explore sisters, your avenues. Just sisters supporting each other. It's a circle of life and you help someone, then they help someone and we're all in it together. I love that. This whole like community of these single mums by choice. Like. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> hashtag is actually so funny. There's oh, Like, you know, Americans are a lot different to us and it's so funny that the, the things that they put up there and I'm like, oh, I can't imagine I'm going to be like that. <laughs> no, I can't. Because they're the other way around. Yeah, I can't um, imagine you so being yeah. like that. Um, before no. we get into our final five, uh, you have been just recently started documenting this process. Um, and if anyone wants to follow along your journey or reach out to you um, on social media, how can they find you? Um, oh, what is my Instagram? Is it Brookie one one oh one? Yes, <laughs> I, I think there might is. be an underscore I in there too. And under, yeah, I haven't, I only just 
like I've documented it personally and I think when I did my video that um, our, our beautiful friend Kylie helped put together and you helped put the words together, I think that was really important. I, I, I watch it over and I think, oh, did I, so did I go through all of that? Um, and I haven't documented too much. And there's another photo on there. I haven't documented too much about it because um, on my social media because I think people will go, oh, God, she's talking about a baby all the time. <laughs> No, talk away, <laughs> talk boring. away. Um, no, but there's yeah, obviously so, yeah. a definitely a need in, you know, society for this to be more spoken about. So, you know, yeah, everyone definitely. else has a bloody baby, they post the shit out of it. So, yeah. you know, between babies and dogs, the gram is full. What's one more person? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get into it. Pardon? No more cupcakes yeah. for your birthday, King. Sorry. <laughs> um, let's get into our final five, Chucky. All right, your quote yeah. to live by. This is what woke me up at 3 a.m. These these were stressing me out. <laughs> I had to write them down on my piece of paper. That's okay. Refer to your notes. Um, yes, refer to my notes. Quote to live by, I actually have left blank because I actually don't have a quote that I live by because every scenario or situation in life is different so sometimes I don't actually have a quote unfortunately like I've do you have like a life a a motto like you know work hard play hard like that's that sort of thing well I think I think um I think integrity is a big one I think that's something that I I really keep I think that so is that your core value is that your core value are you skipping ahead on me (laughs) 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 all right no sorry that one put a put an x next to my name it's so funny that like all of my friends literally like hate those two questions i <laughs> like the, about the quotes and it's so funny because i love quotes so much i'm like a walking i know you do book. and i think oh, I'm like, gosh because oh, i said to you the other night i'm like don't ask when i listened to vanessa's um vanessa's the other day i was like oh god i can ask me those and I was, I was on the plane listening and i was like I was Googling quotes to live by and I'm like, well, clearly I don't have one if I have to Google it. <laughs> so true, so true. Okay, best advice you've ever received? Um, so this was easy. I thought it would be hard, but I remembered when I left school, so my, my dad is, I get my work ethic from my dad. When I left school, dad hand wrote, wrote me this note and I don't always refer to it. I don't even have the note. I don't know where it is, but he wrote me this letter. It was a letter actually, handwritten. And it said, um, I don't, I'm not going to quote word for word. It said something like, Chook, now that you've left school, you're in the big wide world. You know, things aren't going to be given to you. Um, and there was something in there that he, and he, he wrote in there, um, if you want something, you are going to have to be committed and focused to achieve it. And I think that, that for me has stuck and it really resonates with a lot of things in my life because I'm committed in all aspects of my life. Like I'm committed in my friendship circles. I'm committed in my work and, you know, in my in everything I'm, you know, this journey, I'm committed to it. That's right. And I think focus, I mean, look, I, I am called, I, I, in the workplace, they call me Maggie, Magpie, because sometimes I go in there and all my brain's like flickering like a magpie. But when I need to be focused, I can be focused. And I think that putting those two things together, um, that for me is probably, yeah, my best advice that, yeah, yeah. I've been given. Yeah. Well, you still yeah. know it all those years ago when you finished school. What is your core yeah. value? I wrote down for these commitment and responsibility because commitment sort of like goes back up to the other one. But I think 
quite giving a lot. I'm very committed to, to, to things. To, to, well, that's not the right word, things. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm committed to everything that I, that I do and I don't really do things half, half-heartedly. If, I'm go, if, and if I don't want to do something, I clearly will go, no, I'm not doing that. Um, and, and taking responsibility for what you're doing or what you're going to do, I think that's, that's a big one. Um, you know, I have a lot of responsibility with, with my job um, and sometimes I don't want to be responsible for things and I think, okay, but I have to be, otherwise that part person can't do their part of the job or that won't then go to the next stage of the job. So, um, and same in my personal life, like I need to take responsibility for, for things that I do. So, yeah. Love that. You definitely do both of those things. If you had one last meal, what would it be? This was easy. Uh, pasta, like a spaghetti, red sauce, mm, mm-hmm. pasta. I'm coming. <laughs> and last but not least, your fave, Beveragino, which I miss having Beveraginos with me, mate, oh. <laughs> so much. <laughs> Margarita and a red wine. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, that for me is like, even I went, I was in Adelaide um, over the last few days, I only got back yesterday and I was on the phone to um, the ops manager and I like, I had a crappy day and I was like, I just, and I know that I can, I'm like, I just, I just want a red wine. And I was like, I'm going to go downstairs and get one. And then by the time I had a shower, I was like, I actually don't think I can sit there and drink one. And I tried to have a margarita the other week and I literally had instant heartburn. And I'm like, Amigo is not enjoying this. <laughs> not, in, not until they're 18. Amigo will not be enjoying the margaritas. <laughs> oh, Brookie, well, thank yeah. you so much for joining us on the Flawed and Fabulous podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure to share your journey. Do you have any you. final message of support? Um, I just want to thank you. Like you have been my wing girl from the beginning with this and not just, you know, via calls and messages, like, you know, you've been there with me, like face to face, holding my hand. And so I could not have done this without you, my darling. Love you. Always here for you. you, darling. And I'll be here for the (laughs) wild ride that is ahead. No doubt. Oh, God, I know. All right. Thanks, darling. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye, darling. As always, if you love today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you could jump on to your Instagram and share it on your socials, tagging at flawed and fabulous underscore podcast and at with love ash and jump on over to apple podcast and give us a rating and review thanks for tuning in and just remember we're all flawed but we're also fucking fabulous <laughs>